Hello everyone, uh, my name is Matt and I am joined by Marilyn this morning. Marilyn, say hi. Hi. Uh, and uh, Marilyn um, has agreed to have a chat with me just to share a bit of her story and her, particularly her journey of faith. So Marilyn, where should we start? Well, what do you do? Tell us a bit about yourself now. Okay, so my official job title is Compassion Ministry Manager at Hope Church Wisdom. And that primarily means I run a clothing bank and a debt help centre. Great. Uh, and you've been doing that for a couple of years now. Um, and But you came from Norway to do that, right? I moved from Norway to do that. Sometimes people think that means I came from Norway, but I come from the UK. Come from the UK, lived in Norway for a bit, came to the King Centre, came to Hope Church two years ago. Um, tell us a bit about your your early life. Tell, was faith part of your life growing up? Tell us about that. Do you know, because I think I always believed in God. I think I always thought that there was a God, but faith wasn't really a part of my life growing up, no. Um, had beautiful illustrated hardback cover book of fairy tales and a beautiful illustrated hardback cover book of Bible stories. And they were kind of on the same level in a way. I don't know that we ever talked about, well, these are made up stories and these ones are things that people believed really happened. So yeah, um, didn't really go to church, maybe a couple of times at Christmas, St. Carol's. But yeah, I didn't really have a faith growing up. So that's, I guess, quite like the majority of the population of the UK, isn't it? It's kind of there culturally. You may have a Bible, may occasionally go to carol services, but it's not kind of a fundamental part of, of your, your childhood. Right. Um, so what was life like for Marilyn, young Marilyn growing up? Um, what was what was it like? Uh, yeah, life was very, very stable, I think is probably the best way to describe it. Um, my parents are great. I've got two sisters. Um, we had a lovely home. I liked school. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I felt safe at school. I felt like I did well at school. So school was um, like a safe place a lot of the time. And yeah, we, we lived in the same house for the first 18 years of my life. And I went to two schools. So it was very, very stable. <laughs> Great. And, and so when did, when did your journey of faith start, would you say? How did that happen? Um, it's probably quite hard to pinpoint a day. Uh, I know that it helped me. I read all of the Narnia books. I liked C.S. Lewis and I loved books and I loved the library. And I remember going to the library and finding like a section for older children and finding some of the apologetic works of C.S. Lewis. So uh, I'm not quite sure how old I was, but certainly um, by the time I was 13, 14, I was reading like The Problem of Pain and The Great Divorce and Mere Christianity and learning a lot about the Christian faith through that. And I'd also been given a New Testament by the Gideons at school in my first year of secondary school. So not many 13-year-olds are reading C.S. Lewis's apologetics books, are they? Was that, uh, did you just get into that because you'd read Narnia and you thought, oh, it's another book by C.S. Lewis, let's read that as well? Yeah. Sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you feel about those? How did you respond to them? I really liked reading about those questions because I think a lot of people have questions like that. Like, if God is good, why is there pain and suffering in the world? That's always been a big question. Um, so, yeah, I I'm, I might have been 14. I might not be 13. I can't exactly remember. But, yeah, I was definitely reading those and 
They helped to answer some of the questions that I didn't know I had. And I used to walk to school some of the time and home from school some of the time. And I just used to talk to God in my head. I would just ask questions. And sometimes I felt like I was getting some answers. There was no audible voice. It wasn't like that. But yeah, start started these conversations with God. And I had Christian friends at school as well. So um, if I had questions, I would often, on the way to tennis on the bus, funnily enough, talk to some of my friends about God and what they believed. Okay, so it's a combination of those books and then Christian friends. What kind of questions were you asking when you were asking your friends when you were talking to God? I really can't remember. I know one of them gave me a booklet that explained the gospel and there was a prayer in the back that you could pray. It explained everything, like the creation, the fall, um, what Jesus did on the cross, how he died, why he died for us to make us right with God. And the prayer in the back, I prayed that prayer so many times. Um, huh. I don't know if I ever really felt like it was finished, like it was done. Um, and then one of my friends invited me to come with her to a Billy Graham rally in London, in Wembley. Okay. So probably, I'm not saying that was the first time I'd ever been to church, but it was the first time I'd ever been in a meeting like that where um, the gospel was definitely preached. I heard about Jesus, what he did when I was 16. What, what, when you were 16? And what was it like? I mean, where was it? Was it, I imagine these amazing rallies, but tell us what they were like. I was very shy as a teenager. I was very quiet. Um, not the sort of person who would like to get up out of their seat and walk forward with <laughs> um, thousands of people in a big stadium. But yeah, it was a little bit overwhelming, I think, in that sense, that there were so many people. I remember loving the music, loving the worship. Um, we sang Majesty, Worship His Majesty, and I remember that we sang that song. Um, and I remember that he talked about a very bad king called Manasseh in the Old Testament and how God could forgive him. And I remember at the end just feeling this prompting inside that I needed to go forward and give my life to Jesus because I knew that if I didn't do something with what I'd heard that the next time, if it happened again, it would kind of be weaker. It would be harder to do, to do that. It would be, be better to say yes now. Um, so I did, um, but then I didn't really tell anyone. I was, yeah, this is probably going to need editing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that was when I always became a Christian, actually. My, my family, um, my dad is very, um, very protective of his daughters. And he wasn't excited about the idea that um, I might join a cult or a sect. So he wasn't particularly welcoming when people from the church came to the door to follow me up a few months later. So I didn't okay. much with, with what happened. I told God to come back when I was 18, when I was old enough to choose for myself. So you, okay, you told God to come back when you were 18 or he did? Um, I did. I told God. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you had this amazing experience at Billy Graham around at 16, but you kind of, you... You keep it yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I was going, going um, we went on holidays to France and I was going to the campsite to the toilets by myself with my little Everyday with Jesus book um, so that I could read my Everyday with Jesus by myself. Wow. And so 
it's not like you you stop believing but you just it, it was a private thing and it was something that your parents weren't massively um keen on at the time um so what were those two years like when you, you say come back at 18 um I think anyway like for being 14 to 18 those were some of the hardest years of my life uh I was struggling with an eating disorder um there were, I was used to keeping lots of my part lots of my life lots of parts of my life very secret um and uh yeah all of the things that happen when you're a teenager all of the pressure to to look right, all of the, um, you know, wanting to be with the right people in the right crowd, wanting to be popular, trying to find out who you are and why you're on the planet. <laughs> and I can see, you know, looking back, God was really working with all of those things and in who he created me to be. But yeah, um, found um, those years particularly difficult. And I can't remember what you asked me, what it was like when I was, you know, between being 16 and 18. I also felt like I was ignoring God. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about leaving certain letters unopened because you think they might be from him. So uh, I wasn't having quite as many conversations with God from being 16 to 18 as I was, you know, from being 14 to 16, because I felt bad. Okay, well, what changed? Um, I think because I knew that it was right, like I knew that it was the right thing to give my life to God, but then I felt like I'd gone back on it by by not really doing anything. Um, yeah, so I didn't really know how to be a Christian and I don't know what else. Yeah. Yeah. And so you are the your opposite of a my faith is private now. That's that's not knowing you, uh, how how we do. Um you know, you're you're doing a job where you're very openly um, sharing your faith and sharing the love of Jesus with people. How did you get from that point of this is a private thing, kind of keeping it to myself, to where where you are now? When did that transition start? Hmm. So a big thing that happened because I had told God to come back when I was eighteen. <laughs> was that when I was when I was 18, I went on a school trip to Germany and there were three different schools on the trip. And I took my New Testament with me and I was reading my little Gideon's New Testament on the coach. And from one of the schools, there were several, well, I think all of them from that school were actually Christians. And I wanted to go and see the Memorial Cathedral the Gedächtniskirche in Berlin while we were there. We went to Berlin and it was right after the Berlin Wall came down in 1991. So I asked my teacher about going to the cathedral to a church service on the Sunday and she said, that's absolutely fine if it fits with our itinerary. Um, and it didn't fit with our itinerary, but there were this other group and she said, well, they're going to church this morning. If you want to, you could go with them. So they were all very enthusiastic. And I didn't realize um, that their church might be a little bit different than perhaps the traditional church. So it was not stone, there were no pews, um, there were modern electric musical instruments and it was in a warehouse and they had, in those days, an overhead projector. Uh, so I realized that we were singing Majesty Worship His Majesty in Germany. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, when the songs rang out, ran out, Everyone just carried on singing in a language that wasn't German, but it sounded really nice. 
And, and then uh, the, the person who was speaking that day was talking about grace, Gnade in German. Uh, we had headsets, we had translation, um, but yeah. And he was talking about God as if God was involved in his everyday life. And I thought, well, he really sounds like he knows God and God knows him and God isn't far away. I think that's what I felt all of those years was that God was up in heaven and he was very holy and, and quite far away and distance in a sense of not being able to reach him from here. Mm. So I came back with that and then the people who'd invited me to go to church with them, <laughs> he'd realized that I was reading the New Testament every day on the coach, but wasn't necessarily a believer in the way that they were, uh, invited me to go to some youth events with them. Okay. And what happened there? So I went to the first one and it was good. And I, I'm trying to think what it was. Yes, you know what it was? It was, um, it was someone from Youth with a Mission. It was Floyd McClellan from Youth with a Mission from Amsterdam. And he was talking about living in Amsterdam, serving God. Um, and the way God spoke to him, and I thought, wow, you know, if this is what knowing God is like, and he could actually have conversations with God, and God talked to him, and showed him things, even about other people, I was like, wow, so I thought, I really want this, I want to be a Christian, mm -hmm. so I went forward at the end of the meeting, and I prayed, um, and prayed, you know, the prayer that I'd been praying at the back of the book, I think, um, and they asked me who I'd come with, and I told them, and they said, oh, you'll be fine, because I thought, well, maybe I need to get, do I need to get christened? Do I need to get confirmed? You know, what do you do when you decide to become a Christian? This is what I had from my religious education lessons at school. You're supposed to do something. <laughs> and all I knew really was, well, Christians go to church and they read the Bible and they pray. So I didn't have um, a church. Um, I was reading my Bible and I started reading my Bible and coming to God at the end of every day or at the end of every time I'd read the Bible going, oh, I've messed up again, God. You said we're supposed to forgive people. I'm still really angry with my sister and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I went back the next month and I thought, I'm really rubbish at this. I'm a really, really, really bad Christian. I'm trying my best to be the person that the Bible says I should be, but I'm messing it up every single day. So then um, at that meeting, I looked around. Everyone was worshipping. They were all singing. All of them looked so carefree and happy and peaceful. <laughs> thought how are they doing this this life is so hard like I'm, I'm really bad at it what's wrong with me um and then there was a little uh drama like a, a, not 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 like a <laughs> I don't know what to call it not a drama in the sense of oh a, a play what do you call that yeah like a skit yeah exactly a skit sorry sometimes I lose in Norwegian skit is drama the word okay drama. sorry so yeah that's the same thing yeah mm -hmm. and it was all about these men in black who were debt collectors who were oh, that's funny isn't it with the dirt center i didn't think about that <laughs> um, but they, they they came out and they were banging on people's doors um you know to collect the money that was owed um and being very menacing and then they got to this one person's house and she said oh that's all right the landlord's son has already paid my debt and it was like a light went on for me it's like, oh, that's what it is. That's what Jesus did when he died for us. He paid all of our debts. The men in black can't come and threaten me anymore because it's not me who has to pay. It's him who paid. 
And so um, I went all quiet. Um, my friend, well, I said, I'm going to the toilet. My friend said, is everything okay? And I said, well, mm. so we came and she came to the bathroom with me. And I said, and she said, what's wrong? And I said, it's just nobody's ever done anything like this for me before, meaning Jesus um, dying on the cross. And, and she said, well, he does tend to be a bit of a one-off. <laughs> and so then that's when, when, um, when, I, when I actually gave my life to him was then, or yeah, that's when we, she prayed, I couldn't pray out loud. And I gave my life to God then. And, and it was, so what it was is a longer journey Mm. step by step from um reading c.s lewis to um billy graham um events and germany and youth groups and then finally that one moment where you go yes i get it this is what i this is what i i want and, and since then your life's been absolutely perfect and fine Presumably. I've not had a single problem ever since then at all, um, Matt. Everything has been hunky-dory. Um, no. <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's all, all been plain sailing and easy, but it's been different. It's been so different um, because he's here and I've asked him, I mean, in every decision you can ask and, and you can pray, but certainly in all of the big decisions about, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, where am I going to live? Am I going to study? Um, yeah, all of those decisions, God's got involved and mm. in ways that I never thought he would lead me. He's taken me to places that I never thought he would take me when I was 18 years old. And if he told me when I was 18 years old what I would be doing some of the time later on in life, I would have said, no, you're absolutely crazy. There's no way that I'm going to do that. So, yeah. And what, what difference has he made to your life? like on a on a real practical level he's taken you places you didn't expect obviously but yeah so I think well one of the big differences when I was a teenager even just the beginning was um like I mentioned I've been struggling with an eating disorder that didn't go away overnight but from the day that I became a Christian um it was like reading the bible it was different it was like it was it was mine god was speaking to me the words that were in there were written for me that i was his child and there's that psalm psalm 139 that talks about how we're fearfully and wonderfully made and there are so many places in the bible where it talks about how much god loves us and we didn't have to do anything to earn that love and so it changed me it changed me on the inside because i realized i didn't have to you know look a certain way I didn't have to be thin for my life to be perfect. Um, I've been believing a lie. Um, so yeah, he set me free from that. It took some time. And probably a lot of people pray for me that I didn't realize are praying. But yeah, it changed my life in that respect. Um, it changed my life in that I suddenly had a whole new family full of brothers and sisters called the church. Um, and that's been a big part of my life ever since. And I've had, uh, I think one of the things that I find the hardest, as you know, um, as we work together on a daily basis, is the temptation to anxiety. Um, and when I was a new Christian, God gave me the verse from Philippians about not worrying about anything, 
but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, presenting your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. And one of the reasons that I know that verse so well is that I think it's about nine different people in the first verse gave me that verse. Um, so, yeah, I don't think God's finished helping me not to be anxious, but he's definitely given me an awful lot more peace than I had before I became a Christian. And a sense of direction and purpose and guidance in my life. Thank you so much for being so honest, Marilyn. Um, it feels like we could do a whole nother interview, like the sequel, what happens uh, after. But what I'd love for you to do is just, if you could give one piece of advice, like if someone's watching this who um, doesn't yet know Jesus or doesn't know Jesus in the way that you're describing him as as the one who loves us unconditionally, the one who... Um, died for us to pay our debts the one full of grace we don't have to earn his approval like if you were to give one piece of advice to a person who doesn't know jesus what would you want to say to them okay that's going to have to be at least three pieces of advice <laughs> you can give three so i think the first thing i would say as we talked about how i was walking home from school and having these conversations in my head with god i would say you know just, just ask him Ask him if he's real, you know, if you're real, God, show yourself to me. Um, and it, yeah, I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing would be if you can get hold of a Bible, it's quite easy to do that online now, most, most places. Um, maybe not everywhere it's not easy to get hold of a Bible, but if you can get hold of a Bible um, in whatever language is your best language that you, you know, prefer to, to read or hear, and, and maybe read one of the gospels about Jesus, about who he is. And then the last thing I would say would be, if you know any other Christians, if you know someone, or if you don't, if, if there's a way you could find a church near you, I know that's not always easy either, some places in the world. And yeah, ask, ask other people about, about what God did in their lives. Maybe that's putting all the onus on someone else, but yeah. Amazing. Marilyn, thank you so much for giving up your time, being so open. Um, if you go to Hope Church, you'll see Marilyn around and feel free to get to know her more and ask her more questions. And um, I'm sure she'll be happy to to share maybe some of your experiences if you're watching this match up with Marilyn's and um, actually maybe you realise you're not alone in some of the things you may be walking through. Um, and so come chat and um, yeah, we'd love to chat with you and, and pray with you if that's appropriate. Marilyn, thank you so much. Um, have a really good day. and. Um, Thank you. Yeah, see you soon. Yes.